in the scripture. Lord, uh, help us to be able to be challenged out of the Bible. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me to step aside and that you would do the work that needs to be done tonight. Father, we love you so much. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Okay, well we find ourselves in in John chapter number 21, the last chapter in the book of John. And uh, look at verse 1. The Bible says, After these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. Now just real quickly, drop down to verse 14. It says, This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. So we find here an account, and it's, it's a, a peculiar story because it's not found in the other accounts. It's, the other accounts of the Gospel, they end with Jesus you know, ascending up to heaven, or they end with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But this, John gives us an additional story uh, that happened after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the Bible tells us it's the third time Jesus resurrected. And it's a great story, because if you remember, you know, by way of introduction, you've got to remember, Jesus just died, you know. And he was buried for three days. He rose from the grave on the first day of the week. And if you remember, we went into detail about how Peter had denied Jesus three different times while he was being, uh, you know, in the judgment uh, to be put to death. And Jesus was really dealing with Peter and dealing with the disciples in regards to what happened there. Look at verse number 2. The Bible says, There was together Simon Peter... And Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Now pay attention to verse number 3. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Now you say, what is the big deal with Peter going fishing? Well, you ought to understand, when Peter said, I go fishing, fishing was not a hobby or a pastime. It wasn't something they did uh, recreationally. Okay, Peter was a fisherman by trade, and the rest of these apostles, uh, uh, James and John, they were fishermen by, by trade, and that was their career at one point. That is until Jesus called them out of that. When Jesus called them, He, he, he told them, you're no longer going to be fishermen. And let me show you that. Uh, keep your finger there in John 21. Obviously, we're going to be coming back to it. But go back to the book of Luke and look at Luke chapter number 5. Now, when you go to Luke 5, you're going to want to stick your bulletin or a ribbon or something in Luke 5 because we're going to be coming back to it later on in the sermon. But look at Luke 5 and just look at verse 10 for now. Luke chapter number 5 and verse 10 the Bible says, And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, this is what Jesus said to Simon. This is when Peter was, uh, and these disciples were called to be disciples for the first time. Is He says, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. So Jesus said to them, from henceforth, what he was saying is, from now on, you're no longer going to be in the fishing business, Peter. You're no longer going to be in the business of catching fish. You're going to be in the business of catching men. You're going to go into full-time ministry with me, and we're going to become, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And God, Jesus Christ, told these men, he said, from henceforth, you're no longer going to do this. But after Jesus was uh, crucified, and after he was resurrected, and after Peter denied Jesus Christ, Peter decided, you know, and really when he made the statement, I go a fishing, that was his, uh, that was Peter quitting the ministry of Jesus Christ. That was Peter quitting the full-time ministry and going back to the world from which he came out of. But here's the sad thing. Look at verse 2. Before he makes the statement, it says, there were together... Number one, Simon Peter. 
Number two, Thomas called Didymus. Number three, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee. Number four and five, the sons of Zebedee, which are James and John. Number six and seven, two other of his disciples. There was a total of seven disciples. And when Peter said, I go a fishing, the Bible tells us that six other disciples said, we also go with thee. When Peter quit, he took six other disciples, a total of ten of the eleven disciples that were left. He took them with him back to the world, back to the fishing, out of the ministry. Isn't that amazing? You know, you don't know who is following you. And you know, the truth of the matter is, you, you can watch people, and usually when someone quits church, they take others with them. You know, I, I hear people say, a husband will quit church, and his wife or the kids, maybe they don't want to quit, but they'll go with them. And this is what happened with Peter. Peter was the leader of this group here. Peter uh, was the most dynamic one, or maybe the, the just for whatever reason, he had some sort of a leadership quality, where people looked at him, and when Peter said, I go fishing, six of the other disciples, what talking about just regular church members. We're talking about leaders. We're talking about people that have spent the last three and a half years with Jesus Christ. And six other men said, we're leaving the ministry and we're going back to fishing with you, Peter. And he quit. But it's interesting, because look at verse number three. Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing. They say unto them, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. Now keep in mind, these are professionally trained commercial fishermen. This is what they do for a living. And the Bible says they enter into uh, the ship immediately and look at the last phrase of verse number 3. That night they caught nothing. They were out there all night long. You know, we're told that these fishermen don't go out at night because for whatever reason uh, that's when the fish are most active, you know, when the sun's not out. And they were out all night long and they should be, you know, catching fish and making money. But the Bible says they, that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any meat? So you understand, Jesus is on the shore. Now if you know anything, you know, sound travels uh, above water very well. You know, Jesus, we'll see there in Luke 5, when He preached one time, there were so many people, He actually went off the, the, into the water on a ship, and He preached because the, the, the water carries your sound. So Jesus is standing on the shore, yelling at the disciples on the ship, and He's saying, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered Him, No! No, he's saying, do you have any food? Have you caught any fish? And they said, no. You know, and the truth of the matter is this. When you leave church, when you quit the ministry, or when you quit, you know, following Jesus Christ, when you quit going to church and you decide, I'm going to go back to that which I did before Jesus Christ found me, before Jesus Christ called me, the truth of the matter is that they could not find the same results. They could not find the same success. They could not find the same fulfillment. See, the, the, story, the story really is a picture. It, 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 it's human nature trying to find fulfillment. Because we as human beings need something. There's something missing in, in us. And we, and we try to fill that. You know, and Jesus Christ had been filling that for Peter and for the disciples there. But then he died. And then Peter denied him. And now Peter feels like he's not, he can't, you know, go back to Jesus because he's embarrassed and he's ashamed because of his sin. And he tries to fulfill that gap that he has in his heart. And he says, I'm going to fill it with my career. But the thing is, when he goes back to the world, it doesn't produce the same results. He doesn't have the same success. He's, he's not fulfilled. You know, he, he works all night and, and he has nothing to show for it. They ask him, do you have any meat? He says, no, I've got nothing. I can't catch anything. You know, the truth of the matter is, the world could not fulfill their needs. 
And you know what we can learn about the story is this. Many times we'll, we'll, we'll have a need. We'll feel like we need something. And we will try as human beings. We try to fulfill that need, you know, with drugs. You know, like, why are people so addicted to drugs? Because they, there's a void that they're trying to fill. Why are people addicted to alcohol? Because there's a void they're trying to fill. You, you watch people go into relationships that they should not be in, and they're trying to fill a void. There, there's a void they're trying to fill. They, they go into you know children, teenagers, go into gangs. Why? Because they're trying to feel accepted. They're trying to fill. They're, they're trying to fill that with something. People will work. They'll go to college. They'll, they'll work 80 hours a week. They'll, they'll, they'll try to make themselves millionaires and, and be successful in business and all sorts of different things. They'll go into all sorts of things trying to fulfill But look at verse 6. And he, referring to Jesus, said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Isn't that amazing? See, the truth of the matter is, Jesus can do it better than Peter any day of the week. Because Jesus could fill the need they were trying to fill somewhere else. See, Jesus is just trying to show them. You know, you're going, you're quitting, Peter, supposedly, quitting the ministry, split the church, took a bunch of the paid staff with you, took a bunch of the preachers with you, you're starting this business out in the world, supposedly you're going to catch fish, you can't catch anything, I'm asking you if you got food, you say I've got nothing, I tell you to do it a different way, and now, success. Why is that? Because Jesus can fulfill the need. Go with me to Matthew chapter number 6. Keep your finger there in, in Luke 21. We'll get back to it. But look, look at Matthew chapter number 6. See, we, if we get our priorities straight, because people try to fill the void with money, with music, with drugs, with alcohol, with food, with, with, with uh, sexual relationships, with whatever. They try to fill that need. But if we would just understand that if we put Jesus first, He can supply them. You know, Jesus could catch the fish if we needed the fish. Look at Matthew chapter number 6 and verse 31. Matthew chapter number 6 and verse 31, the Bible says, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Does God want you to worry about where the food's going to come from? Or what, where the water's going to come from? Or where your clothes are going to come from? Look at verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And look at verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let me tell you something. God said if you would just seek first the kingdom of God, all these things would be added. You said, what are all those things? Food, drink, clothes. God said if you would put Jesus first, he would supply all these needs. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. But see, here's where we get our priorities mixed up. You know, people will say, I'm not going to go to church on Wednesday night because I'm going to work on Wednesday night. Well, why are you working on Wednesday Well, I, gotta, I need food. I need clothing. I need to take care of myself. But you get the priorities mixed up. And let, let me tell you something. Work all the hours you want. You know, don't go to church. Work Sunday, work Sunday morning, work Sunday night, work Wednesday night. You know, don't go so many. Work all you want. Make all the money you want. And I'm going to tell you something. You're still going to find a void. You know, explain to me why these rock and roll stars and these movie stars with multi-millions of dollars and billions of dollars end up killing themselves and end up, you know, ODing on drugs. And why? Because money doesn't fulfill a need. Money doesn't 
that only Jesus Christ could fill. And Jesus is trying to show these disciples, go back to uh, 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 John 21, He's trying to show them, you're trying to fill this need with a job, with a career, with fish. He said, I can give you all the fish you need. But it gets even more interesting than that. Jesus shows them that He could give them the catch of their life. But you know what's more interesting than that is this. Look at verse 6. And He said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find it. They cast therefore. Uh, now, uh, they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. And you know what? Am I looking at the wrong verse? Give me one second. Well, let me show you this. I, I, I told you to keep your finger there in Luke 5, right? Let me show you this before we even move on. Go, go back to Luke 5, because you've got, you got to understand something. The, the story we just read... You know, I'll read it for you again. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast their four, and they were not able to draw the multitude of the fishes. It's very interesting. That story is very similar. In fact, you're going you're, you're gonna to think we're reading the same text, but we're not. If you go back to Luke chapter number 5, look at verse number 1. It's interesting because Jesus is reenacting something that already happened in Peter's life. Look at Luke chapter number 5 and look at verse 1. You've got to understand, Luke 5.1 is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. John 21 is really the end of Jesus' ministry. He's already died. He's already been resurrected. He's going to ascend up to heaven soon. But in Luke chapter number 5, Jesus is beginning, beginning His ministry. And look at what it says in verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon Him, that's Jesus, to hear the word of God, He stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draw. So I want you to understand this. These people wanted to hear Jesus preaching, and they're pressing on him. And he doesn't even know where to go. And he sees these ships, one of them belongs to Simon, which is Peter. And he gets on the ship, and he pulls out of this, this is what I was telling you about. And he preaches from the ship to this multitude. And the Bible says when he's done preaching, he tells Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop. Look at verse 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night, and have taken nothing. Doesn't that sound familiar? Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, notice the discipline. You know, you, sometimes we read through these verses, and you got to understand. Jesus said, launch out into the deep and let down the nets. With an S at the end. You see that in verse 4? Plural. And Simon answering, said unto the Master, we have toiled all night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Do you see that? Jesus said, let down the nets. And he said, well, I'll let one down. And when they had this done, they increased a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. You say, why does the net break? Because Jesus told them to net, let down the nets, plural, and they let one down. It wasn't enough. Jesus knew what He was going to give them. Look at verse 7. And they beckoned unto the partners, which were in the other ship, and that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. So man, they got so many fish that the boat is actually starting to sink. Look at verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that were, and all that were with him at the drought of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Notice it, it doesn't say they put it away. Doesn't say when they had come to land, they 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 stored the ship.
ships and they stored, the Bible says they forsook all and followed him. Now go back to John 21. But do you see, do you see that? Jesus is trying to get them back to a state of mind. Because when Jesus called Peter, he had done this miracle where he caught all these fishes and Peter was so astonished at the fact that this man had the power to bring in this, this drought of fish, this huge catch. The Bible says that Peter dropped to the knees of Jesus and he said, depart from me for I am a sinful man. And Jesus said, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And then, now that Peter quits, Jesus does the exact same miracle. What is he trying to sh- He's trying to show Peter, Peter, do you remember what I called you to do? Peter, do you remember what, back in Luke chapter number 5? Do you remember back about three and a half years ago when I met you for the first time and I already showed you that I could give you the catch of your life and you forsook all that, Peter? Why are you back to fishing? That's, that's what Jesus is trying to get them to understand. But go back to, go back to John uh, 21. Look at verse 18. This is interesting. John 21.8. I'm sorry. John 21.8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And the other disciples came in a little ship. For they were not far from land. But as it were 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to land. you see that in verse 9? They saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Now don't miss that. Jesus comes to the shore. He yells to the disciples, Have you children? Have you any meat? They say no. He says, cast the net on the other side. They, they catch a huge amount of fish. They bring the fish to land, and the Bible says, As soon as they came to where the land was, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon. Isn't that amazing? Jesus teaches, tells them how to catch the fish, and then when they get to land, they realize Jesus already has fish. They're already cooking. The bread is, you know, the bread is ready. The meal is ready. Isn't that amazing? You say, well, what, what, what is the application? There? Here's the application. Jesus had what they needed the whole time. The whole time. You know, what are they going to fulfill their need, their void? They're, they're, trying, they're, they're trying to fill that with the fish. They're trying to fill that with the career. They're trying to fill it. They're out there all night. They're working hard. In this time, and, and they're working hard, and they're looking for fish, and they're not getting fish. And Jesus teaches them to get fish, and they get to the to the shore, and they realize he had the fish already. The entire time, Jesus Christ had what they were looking for. Isn't that amazing? The whole time, you know, that reminds me of the story of the prodigal son. Do you remember the story of the prodigal son, where he lived with his father, and he, his father had all the riches, and his father, and the prodigal son feels that he needs something else, and he asks his father. To give him the inheritance early. Do you remember the story? And his father gives him the inheritance. He goes out into the world about to and he parties and he riots and he has all these friends. He has all these, you know, companions. He's just having the time of his life. Well, eventually the money runs out. And guess what happens when the money runs out? All the friends run out. And he has to go and he's working in a, in a farm pretty much and he's just feeding pigs. And the Bible says that he got so hungry, he actually looked at the pigs in their mire, in the mud, and he was just wanting to eat what the pigs had. And then the Bible says that he came to himself, to the end of himself. And you know what the prodigal son realized? He realized, the servants in my father's house have it better than I have it now. And you know what he realized, what the prodigal son realized? He said, the whole time I had what I wanted, the whole time I had what I've been searching for in the world was already at my father's house. And the Bible says he went back to his father and Jesus gave that parable as a perfect illustration of a backslidden Christian. But really, this is what Peter is realizing at this time. This whole time he's been wanting fish. He's been wanting to be a fisherman. He's been wanting to 
with the ministry and go into uh, the career of, of, of catching fish. And when he gets to the shore, he realizes Jesus had the whole time what he was looking for. The whole time. And it's interesting because so many of us are going to waste our lives out on the seashore, out on the, on the, at the sea, trying to find something to fill a void. When the entire time the fish are already cooking at the shore. If you just come back to Jesus, you know, it's interesting because in verse 11 the Bible says, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saved them to them. Look what Jesus says. Come and dine. You know what, that, what he's saying? He's saying, come eat. You know, the truth of the matter is, Jesus is in the business of feeding and fulfilling and, and, and giving. He wants to feed them. He wants to give them the fish. He says, Peter, you want fish? I can give you all the fish you need. Just come serve me. I've already got it cooked. You don't even have to cook it. He said, come and dine. Because Jesus wants to satisfy every need, every void, everything we think we need, everything we want to fill with the things of this world. Jesus wants to satisfy that, but He cannot, listen to what I'm saying, Jesus cannot satisfy your need on the shore while you're out on the sea trying to fulfill it yourself. Does that, do you understand that? Does that make sense? Jesus cannot help you on the shore when you're out at sea. you got to come back to the shore where Jesus is. you got to And you will never catch fish. You might get that job you want. You might get the money you want. You might get the relationships you want. You might get the friends you want. You might do all the things that you want. But at the end of the day, you're going to realize it never failed. It never helped. I'm still void. I'm still depressed. I'm still sad. I'm still lonely. We must come to Jesus. Jesus is the one who completes. If you study the Gospels, you'll find Jesus saying this throughout the entire Bible. He says, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Whenever He heals somebody, that word whole there be, means to be made perfect. Not in the sense that we don't sin, but in the sense that you're complete. The picture there is like a, a, like of a, of a puzzle that's missing a part. And He says, Thy faith hath made thee whole. And what Jesus is saying is that He can plug in that missing part. And He can make you complete. And He can make you whole. Because that's what Jesus does. He completes. He makes us whole. He fulfills our needs. But when you're not allowing Jesus to fulfill that need, and you're trying to let someone else fulfill that need, you're going to find yourself alone. I didn't say a husband fulfills a need. I didn't say a wife fulfills a need. I didn't say children fulfill a need. I didn't say work or career or or, or stature or, or success fulfills a need. Jesus Christ fulfills a need. Jesus is the only one that can make us whole. Jesus is the only one that can make us complete. Jesus is the only one that can give you that fulfillment. And you know that you can feel fulfilled with being broke? If you just let Jesus feed you. You know that you can be fulfilled having nothing? Being, you know, just desolate, just, just, just being without anything? You know that Job could still look up to heaven and feel fulfilled in God when everything had been taken away? Why? Because his, his, his fulfillment wasn't derived from riches and honor. It was derived from God. But look at verse 15. Jesus transitioned into dealing with Peter and forgiving Peter. We've got to move quickly. Look at verse 15. 
So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Now you got to understand, you know, I've heard people say, when he says, when Jesus asks him, lovest thou me more than these? He's asking, do you love me more than these other disciples ask, love me? But I don't believe that's what Jesus is asking, because that doesn't sound like a question Jesus would ask. I believe Jesus is asking, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Because what did Peter in the last verse? He just dragged, what, 153 fish. And I think Jesus is looking at the fish and what the fish represents. The world that Peter went back to. And he's saying, Peter, do you love me more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. Look at verse 16. He said unto him again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time. Now you say, well, you know, Jesus didn't do anything by coincidence. You say, why did he ask him three times? Well, remember, Peter denied him three times. So he's asking him three times. And the Bible says that Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, look at what Peter says, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Isn't it amazing the change in Peter's attitude? You say, what do you mean the change? Well, you don't have to turn there. I'll read these verses for you. But in Matthew 14, we find ourselves before Jesus was, was crucified. And I'll just read these verses for you. Matthew 14, 27, the Bible says, And Jesus said unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. Jesus is talking about the fact that tonight he's going to be uh, taken captive. And he said, All ye shall be offended of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, That this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake, Peter, this is what Peter, He spake more vehemently. If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they are. Now isn't it amazing? Before Jesus dies, Jesus says to the disciples, you guys are going to be scattered, you guys are going to leave, none of you are going to stick around except for John and the women. And Peter says, I'm not going to deny you, or I'm not going to leave. And Jesus says, Peter, not only are you not going to, are you going to leave, but you're going to deny me three times before the cock even crows twice. And Peter, the Bible says, he said more vehemently. He said, I will not deny you. You know, I mean, could you imagine looking at Jesus Christ? God in the flesh. I mean, you've seen him perform all these miracles. You've seen him do all these wonderful things. And Peter is looking at Jesus Christ in the face and saying, no, you're wrong. No, you do not know what you're talking about. I will not deny you. And Jesus said, well, we'll see about that. And what ends up happening? He denies him. But now, after this, Peter says to Jesus, he says, Lord, thou knowest all things. He says, Lord, you, you know everything. You know what I'm going to do, even when I don't know what I'm going to do. He says, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus says unto him, feed my sheep. Now, notice that he, he kept telling him these three things. He said, feed my lambs. He said, feed my sheep. He said, feed my sheep. You say, well, what's that about? Well, you know, Jesus doesn't give up on us as easily as we give up on him. In the Bible... You know, I'll read this verse for you. 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse 2. You don't have to turn there. But the Bible says, feed the this is what Peter said. He said, feed the flock of God, which is among you. Taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. In the Bible, feeding lambs or feeding sheep is a picture of 
feeding the church. And Jesus was telling Peter, He said, feed the lamb, feed the sheep, feed the sheep. Why? Because Jesus still had something for Peter to do. Jesus still wanted Peter to take a leadership role in the preaching and the ministering of God's Word. But He needed Peter to get back to the ministry. Now let me just, I want to just close with this idea, and I want you to understand this. When we get to Acts chapter number 2, and and we'll get there in a couple weeks on Wednesday night. But when we get to Acts chapter number 2, we're going to come to what's called the Day of Pentecost. If you remember the Day of Pentecost is the day of the the power of the Holy Ghost came down, and the Bible said that over 3,000 souls were saved and baptized and added to the church. I mean, there might have been more than 3,000 saved, but there was at least 3,000 saved and baptized. Okay? Now, you know, we've had 60-some-odd people saved and six people baptized. You know, so, because uh, it's harder to get people baptized than it is saved, you know. But uh, they had at least 3,000 souls. But here's what you've got to understand. The day of Pentecost happens 50 days after the Passover. If you remember, we, we preached entire sermons on it. I'm not going to get into it. But Jesus died at the Passover. So literally, 50 days later is when the day of Pentecost happened. That's what the word Pentecost means. Like, you think of like the Pentagon, you know, or uh, something like that. that is, it has the, the, the idea of 5 or 50. And the day of Pentecost happens 50 days. Understand this, okay? Less than two months from this story, Peter and these other disciples are going to be the main leaders in seeing one of the greatest revivals that the world has ever seen. Less than two months from now. But right now they're fishing. Naked. That's what the Bible says. Quitting the ministry. And Jesus has to bring them back. Because see, Jesus is not giving up on Peter. Jesus is not giving up on these disciples. But could you imagine if they would have just said nuts to it? I'm not going back, Jesus. I'm not following Jesus. I mean, the day of Pentecost never would have happened. The, 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 the day of Pentecost was the, the, the main thing that, that thrust the New Testament church into history. And it happened less than two months after seven of the eleven disciples had quit the ministry. Isn't that amazing? They left for they they left and here's what they quit the ministry for. Dirty, stinky fish. Isn't that amazing? You know, sometimes I'm amazed that Jesus Christ loves us, and that He uses us, and that He wants to use us. But here's what you got to understand. Jesus Christ is not giving up on us, so let's not give up on Him. You know, I, I don't know what God, you know, my wife and I have been talking a lot lately about church growth, and, and what we can do to help this church grow, and, and get more, you know, work harder, and more soul winning, and, and more, you know, just everything, just bring it up, you know, and, we're, and, we, and we don't want to give uh, a, a God an excuse to not bless this church, and I don't know, and look, I'm not saying that nothing's going to happen, like, but I don't know at what verge we might be, I don't know how far away, 50 days we might be away from the blessing of God, and I don't know in your life what God might have for you, 50 days, you say, God can't use me in two months to have you know, 3,000 people saved and baptized. I'm backslidden. I'm in the world. I put them in. Look, you don't know what God wants to do with you. But you got to get back to the shore where Jesus is. Just let, just, just let Jesus fulfill the need. Just let Jesus fulfill, you know, the, 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 the don't try to feed yourself. Just, let, just come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to die. Just let Jesus fulfill the need. We all need that. I need that. 
No, we can get wrapped up in all these different things, and, but we just got to get to the place where we say, you know what, God? I'm just going to hit the reset button. And I'm just going to let you deal with... with I'm not going to try to fulfill it. I'm not going to try to fulfill it with money. I'm not going to try to fulfill it with whatever. Drugs, alcohol, relationship, you know, music, television, whatever it might be. Just say, hey, God, can you make me whole? Can you make me complete? Can you let me trust in you? And then who knows what you might go down in history as doing for the cause of Christ. But, every, but here's the thing. It all depends on choices. What are the choices we make? You choose to follow Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Dear me, Father, Lord, I pray that you'd help us. And Lord, we love John, the book of John. And Lord, I, there's so much more that needed to be preached and notes that I had and things that I could have been said, but I don't want to prolong the thought, Lord. Just please help each and every one of us, starting right here with me, to learn to find our fulfillment in Jesus Christ. People will betray us. People will hurt us. Jobs will end. Money will go. We may not catch any fish, but you can always fill us. Help me to understand that. Help everyone here to understand that. We love you, Father. In your precious name I pray.